1: Welcome to an extra special bonus episode of breaking geek radio the podcast the usual crew isn't here but instead i am joined by coots coots how are you oh, doing
2: i am doing well i'm excited for this special edition project this week um i <laughs> i feel like i am getting myself prepared for a firestorm of opinion but i'm ready for it
1: yeah yeah he, he you pitched this to me last night or you know whenever we're recording this and I was half drunk and I was like, what a great fucking idea. (laughs)
2: Well, it's funny because like, I feel like everybody, all listeners can kind of see our conversations on public because it's on Twitter. Like that's where you and I do the majority of our interacting. And I'm like, I'm just rolling through and I'm like, wait a second. I have a, I have an idiotic idea. Let me send it to Nick real quick.
1: So the idea is Coots wants to be ready for the Snyder cut of justice league. And so he has taken upon him the nightmare of a <laughs> assignment. Uh, yeah. First watching Batman v Superman. Um, I think what you've only seen Man of no, Steel? I've, yes, I've never. Okay, so
2: the DCEU. I have seen Man of Steel and I have seen Wonder Woman and they're both fine and that's it. I never saw Batman versus Superman and I have not seen the original cut, uh, the, th- the studio cut, the cut from the man of justice (laughs) yeah the Whedon cut I have not seen that and so I'm going into this week with I mean clear eyes full heart and you know my entire pitch on this was I'm perhaps the last qualified geek to offer up an unbiased opinion because I just haven't seen them and I should say maybe that my opinion won't even be unbiased because dude as you've said on Twitter like these DC fans man they're a different breed right now. They are like a like a hornet's nest that's been kicked at, aren't they?
1: Yeah, I saw one today um, where someone gave it three out of ten stars, and then someone else who'd never seen it is like, "What are you like a Whedon lackey?" And it's like, <laughs> "Wait, who's paying you?" Yeah, exactly. It's like, Wait, come on. Come on.
2: Well, and look, the opposite is true too, because, you know, as we've seen those Rotten Tomatoes are starting, the Rotten Tomatoes reviews are starting to hit. People are seeing screeners or getting early access views and stuff like that. People who used to write for this website uh, are, you know, just, I don't want to say that they're shills for DC, but there, there are various uh, outlets out there that I've just nothing but DC content the last couple of weeks and months. And I mean, should you be shocked that their reviews are glowing? I'm not. What <laughs> did you think was going to happen when these outlets get a hold of a screener you know, beforehand? And they just, I mean, it literally reads like they're plants. <laughs> the reviews are that glowing. And I'm like, come on, dude. I feel like watching a four hour movie. I'm going to be so ass whipped by the end of it, regardless of how good it is. That's going to factor into my opinion. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy.
1: And so, we're doing that. This is our pregame, meaning we're recording this and then Coots is going to go watch it and then we're going to record again. Yeah, um, tonight.
2: Tonight, I'm cranking out. I'm guessing it's on HBO Max, Batman versus Superman.
1: Uh, should be. I hope if they have the ultimate cut, definitely watch that one. That'll be interesting okay. to talk about either. That one's longer, but it's more cohesive. Okay. Meaning they cut 30 minutes of stuff to make a better length movie with the theatrical cut and cutting those things made a lot of stuff, not even make sense whatsoever.
2: Why in the world does Warner brothers and DC get a pass to do this stuff? Why, why are they given this, the blade runner treatment? <laughs> there are 67 different fucking cuts of each of these movies and everybody's like, yes, nailed it.
1: I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. I think the problem is, is that Snyder doesn't understand how Hollywood works. Um, Or he he
2: rejects it Because he's such a rebel
1: (laughs) Seriously, that's the other story, I guess So he he shoots a three-hour movie And then he's shocked when he has to cut 30 minutes of it Because you have to be a Peter Jackson Or a Nolan to be allowed to make a three-hour
2: movie Yeah, I mean, you know And you're obviously just alluding to the fact that It's a financial decision. You can only get your film to play in a theater X amount of times. If it's more than a hundred and say 50 minutes, Mm -hmm. you have to cut off one screening per day in each theater everywhere in the world, because there are only so many hours of the, of the day. And so there are special occasions like with return of the King where, okay, dude, you know it's the ending of a trilogy that's been amazing and it doesn't it's going to be in fucking theaters for 6 months anyway and yada yada earned so it at that uh, point yeah they've earned it and that you know it's worth it to to have an appropriate conclusion for a trilogy like that so i think the final theatrical cut of return of the king was 3 hours 10 minutes that's off the top that's pretty yeah. close and then those those uh, extended editions add basically 30 minutes to an hour on the, each of the movies right i
1: think i've never actually seen the extended cuts because that's a long movie <laughs>
2: oh they're oh they're so beautiful but then you have this fucking monstrosity that i'm going to watch later in the week what what, what what's the final runtime like, like two four hours. hours two minutes yeah it's like two 222 for the minutes that's fucking crazy something 242 something like that yeah yeah <laughs> dude it's insane but that's not that's not tonight that's That's later in the week. Tonight, I'm going to finish up this episode. Me and the lady, we got some halibut we're going to bake tonight. I'm going to watch an episode of Freaks and Geeks. The Mavericks play the Clippers. And then once I put little lady to bed, I'm going to pour a big old jug of wine. (laughs) And I'm going to watch Ben Affleck as Batman, which is a sentence I never
1: thought I'd say. Not going to lie. I think that's the highlight of the film. Uh, Really? There's a certain scene, which is even better in the... The other ultimate cut isn't just uh, longer. They didn't have to carry a rating with it. So they added in more violence and blood. Um, So it was actually most people agree Batman's best fight scene in film ever. Really? Within this film which isn't the best Batman film ever but he has his best fight scene that looks the most like the comics and he's just like crushing people and slamming their heads through planks.
2: (sighs) Oh god. I'm very intrigued by this. I'm not going to lie to you. I actually do like Man of Steel. I thought that was a pretty cool origin story for, for, um, Clark Cal L and obviously very different take than the Brandon Rowe, Ralph Ruth movies. Uh, but I don't know what to expect really. Like when, when Ben Affleck was first cast as Bruce Wayne, I was like, what drunk old Ben Affleck <laughs> is going to, and I guess they're going for like the, uh, is it the dark knight or the the, the dark knight returns yeah. not nearly like, that old but he's seen oh, a lot of shit <laughs> yeah a little bit of an older middle-aged batman like the with christian bale in the third nolan film kind of experienced batman but i don't know how it's going to play and honestly i have no effing clue what the storyline is <laughs> i really don't i have no idea how i've steered clear of these but it's it's really because of how <laughs> I hate to just throw the toxic label on the fans. Like, oh, they're fucking toxic. But honestly, like the fans on Twitter and various comment sections are just so wild ass that I think I just kind of like avoided. And the fact that they just are so brazen with the different cuts of these movies and have seemed to follow no rules at all. I'm just like, you know what? I don't have interest in. If you're not gonna just put together a succinct marketing campaign and I remember some of the trailers and I remember like just going, what is, is, is Jared Leto as the Joker in
1: this? Not Batman movie Superman. No. Okay. They debuted him in suicide squad.
2: Did I see, th- I think I saw half of that and fell asleep because it sucked.
1: Yeah. That movie yeah, sucks far more than Batman Superman. So if you survived half of that, maybe you can survive all of that.
2: Look, I'm going to, I'm going to endure it for the people, for the brave listeners out there uh, and then I think the goal is we want to come back and do this again afterwards and I'll give you maybe a little 30 minute let's just chit chat about what I saw. And then uh, we can come back later in the week and do this again for the ultimate the Snyder cut and then a review a day or two later after i work my way through all 4 hours is that generally, yeah, generally?
1: definitely i'm not going to be watching it all on table <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for, no, no. for breaking geek i think we decided for the proper breaking geek we decided we're going to watch i think the first four chapters out of the six on thursday
2: is that how this is formatted there's going to be they're going to sell it they tell this well story. it's all
1: one file but apparently there are six chapters and four of them are about the first four are like half the movie for that I mean for uh, justice league
2: Oh, my God.
1: Like, for a while, it was rumored it was being released as its like TV show, like one episode a week, which I would have preferred six episodes of that of Justice League than sitting down for four hours. Right. But that's where we're going to draw the line for Breaking Geek. I think on Thursday, we normally record Thursday, but Thursday, we're going to watch the first four. All of us individually on Friday, we're going <laughs> to talk about it.
2: <laughs> that's exciting, man. Okay, what else do I need to know? What else do, should you prep me for? For this movie, or you think I'm ready to launch into it and uh, take it on?
1: If you've seen Man of Steel, I think you know all you need to know. Um, Okay. It'll be fun. Uh, It's not really a spoiler. The first scene is the finale of that movie from Bruce Wayne's point of view. So buildings getting torn down around him.
2: Yeah, this is the part where Superman very irresponsibly battled uh, Zod, right?
1: Uh, Yes. (laughs) And
2: basically destroyed the planet.
1: And one theme you might notice throughout the film is they overcorrect for that in a horrible way where they're like, mm. they're avoiding. It's silly how much they avoid the public to have fights. <laughs>
2: like I like just got to a field or something. Yeah. Exactly,
1: or an Island or something. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Meet uh, me,
2: meet me in the Amazon, bro. Yeah. <laughs> we'll sell this score. I'll bring my kryptonite belt.
1: Exactly. Okay, but so I'll be excited to see what you think about Affleck as Batman. Um, Honestly, I was happy to see see him as Batman going in. I like the design of like some people call him. One of my friends call him Fat Man because he's so (laughs) like he's so muscular that makes him wider. He does look
2: very beefy,
1: and he's wearing like a skin tight suit, which I mean, obviously it's not really, but it looks it looks like something he crafted and has been sliced up a thousand times. Interesting.
0: Yeah,
2: what a bummer that they couldn't somehow wrangle christian bale into this franchise and keep that rolling as an actual dc eu what a bummer man he was
1: offered a shit ton of money but i
2: know and he was like no nah, i can't do it bro
1: he's like i did it i did three
2: yep i'm done
1: then I... one last thing before you go i have a tweet i don't even need to say who it's by it's just something i agree with okay um, i believe it's in response to all the reviews today Okay. Ooh, says, ooh. if you invoke the term masterpiece in a review, that means there are no flaws. It's a flat out perfect score. Not a 4 out of 5, 9 out of 10, or any other score with points deducted. Yeah. So I want people who are reviewing <laughs> Justice League remember, if you're going to call it a masterpiece that means every frame is perfect. So you're telling me that
2: this fucking 4 hour movie is on par with No Country for Old Men? <laughs> One of my favorites. There Will Be Blood and you're telling me this is Coen Brothers-level filmmaking? I fucking doubt it, dude. I am not, but, go, but, but that's but what off. I'm seeing online. <laughs> yeah, I know you're, I know that's not your tweet. <laughs> oh, man. These, these, who are, to quote No Country for Old Men, who are these people?
1: <laughs> Love I
2: it. If, I'm going to find out this week, Nick. I'm going to find out what all the hype's about, by God.
1: That's good, and you're very brave. You're a brave man for coming t- to me with this quest thank you,
2: thank you. And, and uh i hope it i hope i survive it honestly
1: well assuming you assume uh survive the first movie um as far as the audience is concerned time will lapse instantly and we'll be back in a few minutes which That's will right. actually be a day or two <laughs> no well i think we're recording in tomorrow so yes you don't have to go anywhere i'm gonna just stitch them together right after this and we can go straight into Goots's thoughts complaints bewilderment over uh, Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice, hopefully the ultimate cut. <laughs> That's
2: right, stick, yeah, around after the, stick around after break. We'll be right back with hopefully fun opinion.
0: Is it really surprising that the most powerful man in the world should be a figure of controversy? We as a population on this planet have been looking for a savior. We're talking about a being whose very existence they are not telling us the truth. challenges our own sense of priority in the universe. Human beings have a horrible track record of Tragic. following people of great power. Power corrupts. And absolute power corrupts. Absolutely. Chaos. Maybe he's
1: just a guy trying to do the right no, we thing. We know better now, don't we? You're out of Devils don't come from hell beneath us. They brought their warrior. No, they come from the sky.
0: The world has been so caught up with what he can do that no one has asked what he should do. That's how it starts. The fever, the rage, the feeling of powerlessness
1: that turns good men cruel welcome back ladies and gentlemen that was an entire uh three hour watch of batman v superman that we just made disappear just like that
2: just like that just as quick as superman can fly from across the bay from metropolis to gotham we're back
1: (laughs) so what are your first thoughts dude Okay, so and you're welcome to compare it to I know you've been rewatching all the MCU films, and it's impossible not to compare the two franchises. So feel free.
2: <laughs> yeah, especially as I'm in the, in the midst of a rewatch of the MCU films. Yes, but man, last night I'm like, okay, girl, uh, fiance is like, oh, let's watch some freaks and geeks, and I'm like, great, and we're hanging out, we're vibing, and then I'm like, oh, well, I'm gonna go in here and crank up Batman versus Superman. I didn't know this movie was fully three hours long. I told you the
1: extended cut was longer.
2: <laughs> I I pulled I poured a big old glass of wine and I got my little notepad out and I'm like, all right, here we go. It's time to break down a movie. And I open up HBO Max and I was like, holy shit, 180 something minutes. And it was already like 11:30 and I was like, okay, here we go. Let's get into it. And so. Um, just right off the bat, I will say that that's definitely one of the wilder movies I've seen in a long time. Um, I didn't think it was a bad movie. Uh, I didn't think it was a good movie either, but I will admit to you that I have been thinking about it all day. <laughs> uh, I'm just trying to put together what I really watch and how we got such a weird Frankenstein of a movie. And I will admit, I am now looking forward to some sort of resolution in this week's Zack Snyder cut of Justice League. <laughs> See,
1: so I hear that I, ends on a massive cliffhanger.
2: That yeah, will never be
1: completed. So
2: right. So there's no hope for me here. So I mean, I really went into this fresh. I have not seen Aquaman. I have seen Man of Steel and I saw the first Wonder Woman.
1: So, but going into this, you didn't until you saw the graphic, did you even know Wonder Woman was in this movie?
2: Uh no. I was actually pretty unsure of her whereabouts or if she had made her debut and i do wonder now had the what had the solo movie the first one already been released when this one came out or no
1: no this was the first this was the reveal of wonder woman like how spider-man and black panther were in civil war and then okay they got so their she, movies she later
2: sn- so she snuck into this one and uh okay all right all right so yeah man i it, this movie seemed like it was really all over the place I have a lot of questions for you because you're certainly more of a scholar on this than I am, <laughs> but I guess my first one is what's different between the ultimate edition and the theatrical cut.
1: The ultimate edition is R rated and they take time to explain more stuff. Like okay. they don't burn the bodies. There's never a scene where they burn the bodies at the beginning. Ooh, so you're like, okay. why would they think it's Superman when they are just bullet holes in everyone? Like just little details right. like that or like, I think most of the time is uh, given to Clark Kent. So he's actually doing something. And it's, invest- it's him investigating the Batman in Gotham. Which Got it. I don't think we see him at all in Gotham. Except for the party in uh really? the theatrical cut. He talks about it. Perry Mason's like, don't even get into it. And I don't really think he does much in that part of the movie at all.
2: <laughs> well, I had noted, like, there's actually not a lot going on through a big chunk of the first half of this movie. And I wrote down on my notes here, how many, how many champagne parties are we going to have in this movie? Because <laughs> there are quite a few where uh, everybody's dressed up real nice and it's you know, and used as an opportunity for uh, Lex Luthor to do some grandstanding and, and uh, monologuing while also Bruce is sort of investigating some of his leads. And I found myself honestly thinking, at least until ha- the halfway mark of the movie, what is the plot of this movie? Are we just trying, Lois is trying to solve the mystery of what happened in Africa. And meanwhile, we're just setting up conflict for, because because the movie's called Batman versus Superman, we have to make them fight. So what sort of conflict can we conjure up between the two people? And so they're both on accident investigating each other and deciding that we need to put an end to the shenanigans on the other side of the bay it's a very it's an oakland versus san francisco situation
1: yeah right i've time. never seen that was one of the things that struck me when i saw it i've never seen gotham and metropolis like viewable from each other in any other I, form i thought that like was more can, like a gotham
2: bloodhaven
1: haven kind of yeah thing. it was like they can see the bat symbol from metropolis yeah, <laughs> so yeah, doesn't i say superman just fly over there and take care of
2: it oh it's right there i just got to go uh fly the helicopter over uh, yeah. So we start the movie off with a voiceover from Ben Affleck's Bruce Wayne, and we get the uh, origin story light of the death of uh, of Martha and Thomas Wayne. And I'm literally sitting there like, Jesus Christ, here we go again with the Batman origin story. He falls down a well fucking has bats flying around him. And I'm just sitting there wondering how many times are we going to have to see this as fans? Um So that's kind of a mail-in sort of a situation. And then we, as you kind of mentioned in the first part of this podcast, but we kick off with the 9-11-esque destruction of Metropolis.
1: It's actually one of my favorite scenes in the movie because it's so like, oh, this is a different angle from what we saw.
2: Yeah, very intense. I mean, some pretty iconic imagery that we all remember from 9-11. Uh, I have no idea how old you are, Nick, So, I'm, but I'm assuming that you were old enough to remember some of that on TV and stuff. And I was in
1: eighth grade when that
2: happened. So, uh, I was a sophomore in high school and uh, great times. What a fun thing to remember at the beginning of my Batman movie. <laughs> so he's running around we get i I was like oh scoot McNary. oh my boy scoot you know uh hopefully they're not going to reduce him to just i lost my legs guy but uh, as we see later on in the movie he's got a lot more to do but i thought a lot of the writing in this was extremely like cut and paste corny where's my mommy and she just points up at the burning building i'm like Okay. And then like there's like a Wayne Enterprises sign that's all like in shambles on the ground and I'm like, "Okay, I get it." So, anyway, what a what an opening. Um and then we get into that scene in Africa and which I guess sets the stage. I didn't, at the time I'm like, I have no idea how important this is going to be to the plot of the remainder of the movie, but first of all, there's a lot of white saviorism in this movie, isn't there? Yeah. There, I mean, there's all there's there's people of color getting rescued by the our our great white saviors, and there's a lot of that in this movie. And I could not help but notice that that's what it seems like right off the bat. We get Nairobi, Africa, and I'm like, is Africa a country or a continent? Because I'm pretty sure you could get a little bit more specific if you wanted to, but I'll just say it's casually Africa, which is a pretty big continent. That's fine. We'll just be reductive about the entire population of that continent and so uh and we have a little cover-up scene and that sort of stuff and like you mentioned apparently the, the the burning of the bodies isn't even in the theatrical cut so i found myself wondering how are they going to frame if they're framing superman why they stack all the bodies in a pile
1: he picked him up, threw him in a spot, and, you know, homelandered them all. Yeah. <laughs> Which is okay. more of a homelander thing these days. Right, right, right. Um, he totally kills. I mean, I know he kills all the time in the movies. But he's not supposed to kill that often. And he totally smashes that dude through a brick wall. Yeah, he does. That was
2: wild. I had a real problem with some of the visual effects in this movie. And the first one that I really didn't care for was in this scene where um, there was like a smudging effect that they did where like, they clearly digitally put the sandstorm into the movie. And so like Python code Python dude is running around on the horse trying to go rescue. And there's like the predator drone is flying over to like bomb that village or whatever. Uh-huh. And there's, there's sand going everywhere. It's a dust storm. And it was obviously put in in post and it looked awful. Like you've heard the story about in star Wars, a new hope. They just smudged Vaseline on the lens below the lens below Luke's land speeder, <laughs> to like, to like cover up the wheels on the model. Like that's, that's what it, it, it looked <laughs> like. like they Vaseline all over the lens here. It looked gross. Didn't like it Seemed sloppy, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Right. Um, unfortunately yeah so then we get our fun intro to batman which was i thought really weird this was when the two cops go into the building and there's like some women captured in a cage or whatever and they're like there's a demon upstairs or whatever and like granted batman's in the corner and he's kind of like this number kind of cool but i'm sitting there like these cops go in with drawn shotguns do they call for backup or something like is that procedurally what the cops are supposed to do or is that why we're getting so many people shot by cops uh, in the world these days because they just go in guns drawn what's going on here. <laughs> if there's like a demon or something happening you don't know, see maybe hey uh, we need a uh, need some backup. Before know
1: Constantine's number.
2: <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs> What the hell is going on here? So, I guess we just, they, Zack Snyder really wants us to know that this version of Batman's hardcore, bro, because he's branding people. That just seems so out of character for me. I mean, I guess if you need to make a statement, okay, got it. But I don't know.
0: I feel like branding
1: is interesting. Yeah. Uh, I'm not even saying interesting. It's like, that was an interesting thing to add. It's just like, oh, Okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. Which that's actually almost
2: verbatim what I wrote down for my next character. With we got introduced to was Lex Luthor. Played. Oh, by but Justin. you
1: missed. You missed that they used up Jimmy Olsen.
2: Oh yeah, right off the bat. I, I, I'm uh, Jimmy
1: Olsen. I work CIA. Boom.
2: <laughs> yeah. Boom. Headshot. Yeah. That was brutal. Pretty intense. Started. Off, that's definitely a. I mean, a hell of a way to start a movie when they when you really want to let people know that this is going to be a different kind of movie. I mean, it was effective. I get that. So. I don't know. I, even at this point, though, I'm just like, where are we going with any of this stuff right now? And so we get Lex Luthor, uh, Alexander Luthor, and he's Jesse Eisenberg doing his best Mark Zuckerberg impression. Lex Corp is turned into a tech conglomerate, uh, you know, a Silicon Valley kind of a thing. And honestly, as much as... Jesse Eisenberg was grandstanding. Like I kind of liked it. <laughs> it was
1: corny, but I liked it. I don't mind his version of Lex Luthor. It's different yeah. like everything else in the movie, but a lot of people complain about that because that's obviously far from the character. I actually found it one of the more interesting parts of the movie myself as well. It's kind of yeah. that uh chew the scenery, like the Jolly Rancher scene is so fucking weird.
2: Oh yeah. When he puts the Jolly Rancher in the Senator's mouth. Yeah. (laughs) That was quite bizarre. Um, So yeah, I, I enjoyed, I enjoyed that performance and I, he, he made me hate him. And I think that's probably the point. Right. Mm -hmm. So I was okay with it. Um, So then the plot really gets going. Um, They're jumping around to a lot of different parties. They're looking for the white Portuguese, which they think is some sort of, um, crime ring but it turns out it's the ship that's transporting the kryptonite from the indian ocean to gotham and so, i don't remember
1: if that's in the theatrical cut or not <laughs>
2: how could that not be in the theatrical cut i don't
1: remember oh it had to have been because they had ben affleck goes to, like the fighting ring or whatever and like whispers something yeah. in the dude's ear then
2: yeah he clones he the, the Russian. Yeah, he clones the Russian guy's phone in that scene. That's right. That had
1: to be in the theatrical And then he sees
2: that they're sending data back and forth to Lex Luthor's house. And so then he's like, I'm going to break into his house. And then Alfred, who is very cool, by the way, played by Jeremy Irons. I love
1: this version of Alfred.
2: (laughs) Jeremy Irons, man, so freaking cool. I've never seen anything where I didn't think he was a badass. Um, I'm particularly fond of him in Ridley Scott's Kingdom of Heaven. Mm. Uh, uh, Director's cut only, though. Not the theatrical cut there, too. Mm. So he goes to house party and he's going to clone. He's going to, you know, do the little dingly dangly and clone. You know, he's going to break into the mainframe or whatever. Meanwhile, Clark's there doing some reporting and he's hearing all this stuff going on. And that's our first introduction to Diana, played by the incredible Gal gadot God, she is as hot as a lightning bolt. I'm not going <laughs> to lie to you. That's unbelievable and so i mean that's i mean at this point we're just going from party to party and there's it's not that i want these movies to be action-packed but there was not a lot of action going back and forth until we get to dream sequence batman
1: and here's where i want to i want to nightmare my... batman they call the action figure anyway with the K Dude, nightmare
2: that makes me so tired head it's unbelievable <laughs>
1: I have a significant. I love that problem. outfit, though. Like, I love people. Yeah. They, he, he's Comic Con. This one same guy does that version of Batman every year, at Denver Comic Con, and it's pretty sweet. <laughs> I mean, it's cool, but let me. Uh, here's my complete opinion. Like, so there, I as I,
2: as far as I counted, I think there were three different dream sequences slash visions that characters have, and I didn't care for any of them. To me, it's filmmaking. Uh, It's bait and switch filmmaking where the director is including a scene for the trailer and
1: for the toys. Oh, like the bat dream. Yeah. Right. It's a giant bat. There's the nightmare sequence. And what's the other one? The other one that I have a major problem
2: with is Kevin Costner just shows back up as, as Paul Clark Kent or Paul Kent. Oh yeah. He gives him a speech or whatever. It wasn't even a dream sequence. He's just walking on a mountain and suddenly Kevin Costner's there. God, like, I forgot.
1: <laughs> I almost rewatched it. To, to, no more to talk with you about it, but I'm like, I'm not rewatching
2: that. I'm like, so wait a sec. This isn't a dream. He's just sort of like maybe high on mushrooms and he imagines his dad there, but his dad's telling him a story that he's never even heard before about how they saved the farm from flooding, but they drowned the neighbor's farm. And while I ate my celebratory cake, the neighbor's horses drowned or whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, Okay, I mean, I'm all for Kevin Costner chewing up some scenery and I thought he was one of the strongest points of Man of Steel. But again, it's like they just shot the first draft of the screenplay. It's like nobody said, hey, you know, Zach, I know this screenplay is 200 pages. Let's try to trim it down to like 150, 125.
1: They just let it rip, bro. We're filming all of it. That's what I was talking about earlier how it's just too long and that's what really worries me about justice league is because yeah. he's basically including all the footage and normally you shoot maybe you do shoot four hours of footage for right. a movie you only use two like three hours of it max if you're like end game or something
2: i seriously think that whoever edited the, the edited this movie needs an academy award because there is so much editing and cross-cutting flying around it Some of it made my head spin, but just like the fact that they had to figure out a way to get all of this crap into this movie is unbelievable. I don't even think it's particularly edited well, but there's just so much of it. I'm just like, ah! This This is going to be
1: Justice League. I don't mean to catch, like they added footage of the Joker and it wasn't even in the, it's not even in the first like three hours and 45 minutes that they shot. Just so they could have the Joker in it is my impression. Obviously we'll see Justice League.
2: You know what? I want to say or the day after
1: the thing when I release this podcast.
2: <laughs> I got a degree in creative writing. Okay. And when I was a young buck in college and thought I was hot shit, I literally tried to argue with a teacher and tell them that if I wrote it and it spawned from my brain, it must, the purest form of it is the unedited. It is me. It's my essence. And uh, to edit it, would be to censor me. And I'm just not about that, bro. You
1: got to kill your babies though. I learned that from screenwriting class.
2: (laughs) Exactly. And now I'm in my mid thirties. And I'm like, if you try to vomit out the first thing that you write as the finished product, you're a shithead and whatever you turn in for your assignment's going to be garbage. And it seems like that's what this movie is, bro. I conjured it. Therefore it must be in this movie. And I realize, uh, does Zach Snyder even have a credit for writing in this movie? I know it's Chris Terrio, and and it might be um, uh,
1: the other Nolan. I don't think there's a Nolan involved. Let me look it up while you're talking. I think he might have co-written it with Chris Terrio.
2: Okay. So I know it's Chris Terrio and there is a co-writer. I was thinking Jonathan Nolan, maybe, but I might be making that up too, but that might just be Batman. No, again. I think but,
1: the one Nolan, maybe it's Goyer or someone, the one Nolan. Yeah. Uh, that,
2: that, there you go. It probably is Goyer. Um,
1: Christopher produced Man of Steel because they were going to kick off like, you know, Man of Steel's even in a way, the title's a clone of the dark night where it's like, it's right. not Superman. It's Man of Steel. Right. And then right, right. he's not, his name is not attached to any other of these DC movies. By the way, let's Chris Terrio, uh, David S. Goyer, who there you go. writes it's, most of the stories for the Dark Knight film, but was wisely kept away from the scripts themselves.
2: It's like that, it's like they just felt like they had to get the original version, their vision out there. And the thing is, is like you can be a clever screenwriter might take themes that are present in parts of this movie and reduce them down and distill them into one or two lines. Uh Like they could have taken the nightmare Batman scenario and they could have worked that into a conversation between Alfred and Bruce, where he's like, I don't want to live in a world where a dictator Superman runs this blah, blah, blah. But no, we got to have the action figure. We got to, we got to film this for the trailer. We got (laughs) to, and that's honestly like, I remember seeing the trailer and thinking, Whoa, that looks pretty wild. It was a fucking dream sequence.
1: Well, here you go. Apparently most It seems to me almost all the new footage in the Justice League trailer is nightmare sequences. So I don't know if it's coming true or him. In fact, the Joker is going to appear during a nightmare sequence. Ridiculous. Like, it looks like half the film has that lighting.
2: I'm saying that's completely ridiculous. And it's so egotistical as a filmmaker (sighs) to... I don't know. Anyway, I don't even want to go down. I, I wasn't my plan necessarily to go down every plot point <laughs> of, the, of the movie because we could be here all day doing that. But something else that really stuck out to me was the first meeting between Batman and Superman like in character was when Br- when Batman is trying to steal the kryptonite sample and he gets in the Batmobile. And it starts murdering cha-
1: normal people.
2: <laughs> Dude, <laughs> well, not norm- chase-
1: normal people, villains. <laughs> but he murders yeah,
2: them. That chase scene gave me tired head to the maximum. The way that that's shot and edited was literally made me, like, have to look away for a sec. All the low angles of the Batmobile flying past the, the camera. And I I know that they're just, like... I don't even know if they had a drivable version of that battle. Interesting. But
1: it, I watched the special features. It's so drivable that it could take the turns that they show in the movie. Really? It worked really hard So because the, the, they kept crashing it. so They kept adjusting it so it could take that tur- the main, like, almost U-turn it does at one point.
2: Yeah, it does that so much, Like, they just put the camera or they put it, like, on a small rail and they just do that U-turn sort of thing and just just get it real close to the camera. And, and that's action. But I was really wishing that we got some zoomed out like see the scale of this drive sequence and stuff but it's just there's something about zach snyder filmmaking that feels like everything was done on a stage i don't know what it is
1: because it was
2: <laughs> it's like even the stuff with a drivable car i'm like they just had the car like parked and they moved the camera around the car really fast <laughs> it felt like that but yeah completely ridiculous it kind of gave me weird stomach Uh, And I play first person shooters and video games all day. I don't get nausea from like rapid movement. And this movie, it it might've been the jug of wine I was taken down, (laughs) but I felt weird about this. Um, The other thing that I wanted to note was the Genesis chamber with Lex Luthor and how he summons what I guess is Doomsday. He creates I
1: Doomsday, dude. <laughs> I don't understand.
2: I don't understand. Yeah, I don't understand how that science worked, but he gets Zod's body and he floats it in the goo, and then he cuts his own hand and sprays blood on Zod's body in the goo, and that makes a Doomsday. Yes. <laughs> yes. Let's go with that. Said how
1: everyone listening to Zack Snyder pitch it.
2: <laughs> listen, bro. Listen. Then he squirts his own blood in Michael Shannon's mouth. (laughs) Shannon's a method actor. So he's going to open his mouth too. And really treat. (laughs) I know that they just like did a cast of his face, but yeah, I don't understand how that worked at all. I don't have have any idea. Like, I don't know anything about Steppenwolf or dark side or anything from justice league. So I have no idea how that relates to any of that, but there's a scene at the end where you see Steppenwolf in the goo but it's maybe Oh, they like an- put
1: that back in, right? That wasn't a theatrical cut, but that was a deleted scene they released online, like the same week it came out.
2: I don't know what the hell's going on in any of this movie, and it's like you have to be a part of the fan club, like you have to be in on the joke on Twitter to know what any of this bullshit means. So I found myself lost. I was just like, yeah, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who that guy is. Luckily, I kind of know. So yeah, it didn't make any sense to me. Um, I chuckled out loud during to myself during the the climactic final battle when <laughs> doomsday is fighting and uh the colonel or whatever like they shoot the nuke at him and doomsday uh magically uh the, falls all the way back to earth and lands
1: on the island again <laughs>
2: on the island I'm like can we not drown doomsday can he swim real well or what's going on? can we just drop him in the ocean or whatever but but uh, apparently he somehow falls from um, from orbit and lands magically back on that island, which is incredible. But the uh, the colonel dude, the guy who's I believe he's in Man of Steel, he uh, looks at the camera and he goes, we can't kill him. It's unkillable. <laughs> <laughs> I cracked up laughing. I was like, OK okay did you see what
1: i was talking about there where it's like they go too far out of the way to like course correct like in the first scene they're like we're sorry for killing so many people and the final battle it's like it's on an island between metropolis and gotham where nobody lives anymore (laughs) when diana
2: shows up and she says why'd you bring him back to the city and he they specifically include like a line to explain the continuity behind the oh it's at the port which is abandoned yeah you know I'm okay anyway we got batman in an iron man outfit
1: uh, see he i one well, of my problems with this is he takes a lot of classic icon iconography if that's the right word from it, uh, dark knight returns mm-hmm. but doesn't use the story like the right, the, 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 uh, the suit he uses to fight superman superman like needing the sun in space and like being all wrinkly and like all that stuff straight out of batman v superman and yet <laughs> This story is not, I mean, uh, Dark Knight Returns and none of this movie actually is Dark Knight Returns.
2: Which that's got to drive, like, I would not consider myself a DC super fan. I haven't read hardly any of the books, but like that's got to, I mean, there's probably an area where you can kind of strike it perfectly and do fan service to the people who are highly invested in these things, but also make it your own. You know, and, and Zack Snyder had said, like, they're going to take some inspiration and cues from some of those books, but it'll be a completely original storyline. It sounds like he erred on the wrong side and he just pissed people off. I mean,
1: like a few people, you know, people are obviously crazy for his Snyder. So that's a- true. I mean, they're league you know i was reading
2: i was reading the wikipedia to get prepared for this second conversation and it said that this movie has achieved cult status and i was like who who the fuck thinks this is a a, like do people just watch this nonstop? like i used to watch the lost boys probably i don't know
1: that the snyder fans will be discussed <laughs>
2: so, so weird. There's so much. There's such a raging boner for hypermasculine. There, like, there's so much SWAT team stuff and military stuff and like, fucking the twenty-one gun salute for Superman at the end after his death. Yeah, where it just uh shells in slow mo and the folding of the flag and the, there's just SWAT teams galore everywhere. Uh, it's so weird. It's so weird
1: it's very yeah that's the masculinity points a a good point (laughs) that's
2: snyder i mean it is man i mean it's like he has this defined way that uh that your action superhero should be and he just comes back to it's like he's it's like he's putting up layups for the uh the high school football players that are in the crowd on opening (laughs) nights. He wants like the word of mouth among the high school football players to be like, bro, it was so fucking sick. And uh, I, some of it just really rings hollow. Like I think you mentioned this the other day, but like just having a scene that goes in slow motion does not make a film moment. Epic. I'm sorry. (laughs) That's not how that works. There's a lot of use of slow-mo where I'm like puzzling. Okay, fine. But puzzling nonetheless.
1: I think one of the moments, I I do know. I I do find the Batflex stuff pretty badass, mostly, and the casting even. But like the, I can see what you're talking about. Even you know, beyond the SWAT people and stuff, is like the CrossFit scene where it's just Ben Affleck Dude, just training. He's got
2: the ch- he's got the chains. He's doing. There's a bit of an Iron Man Tony Stark thing from Iron Man Two, where he's like shooting a laser at something to make the kryptonite spear. Yeah. And meanwhile it's cutting intercut with him just doing squats and just flipping you know, tires know, yeah he's hitting the tire with the that's right he's not even flipping it he's just hitting it oh and why is it raining in bruce wayne's gym because I remember there's like a waterfall or some shit like right in front of he's it. like he's <laughs> pulling a tire with chains on his back and there's just like water dripping all over ben affleck's body I'm like, what the fuck is going on here man you would think he would be like uh, have a very nice facility, not one that's leaky and like the, ah, the waterfall. Yes. It smells like river water, but uh, that's fine. That's fine. Oh, it's
1: interesting like. too. You'll see this in justice league. I don't, I doubt they changed this part. Um, when uh, you know, when you watch wonder woman and the Amazonians, you know, they're wearing armor that makes sense. You know, it covers enough that they're not going to sure. get like stabbed in the stomach. When you watch Snyder's version of Amazonians, in uh justice league the even original cut um suddenly because it's directed by snyder and not women they're all wearing suits of armor with giant midriffs and then more like just like breastplates and that's the just like you know almost like slave leia bikinis instead of armor that makes sense and you're like i know it's Mm. been like a hundred years but i think we're just seeing a man's view of amazon versus a female director's view
2: yeah patty jenkins version was a hell of a lot different Um man, that's interesting. I can't I'm pretty excited to get into this next movie, actually. Um (laughs) a couple other notes just to kind of wrap it up. I thought that the big scene between Batman and Superman was it kind of gave me a Blade Runner vibe. They're fighting in that old decrepit house uh where you know there's a lot of punching through walls, like Roy Batty. Uh (laughs) so there's just a lot of stuff that I thought was like cribbed directly from other things. Like there were lots of visual cues that And even some of the atmosphere where I was like, that feels like something else. There's literally a ton of that for me. Um, But in general, I thought that fight was pretty fun. Um, I couldn't help but feel like this was, yes, it might have looked like the Dark Knight Returns uh, Batman armor. But to me, I just, especially after that montage scene where he's cutting using the laser to cut the kryptonite spear, I'm just getting Tony Stark. And then we see this powered exosuit Batman. I'm like, Oh, it's fucking Tony Stark. That's great. Which I'm sure certain degree, you know, there's a lot of similarities between Tony and Bruce ones. One, they're both modeled after billionaires and philanthropists and what have you, but one of them's a little more Howard Hughes and the other one's a little bit more, you know, disturbed childhood guy, but that's, I'm just feeling like there's a cue or a callback to something else, but I felt like the scene, especially once we got rolling with Blake with uh, with Doomsday and then Diana shows up, it looked like watching a live action Dragon Ball Z fight, uh, which I was big DBZ kid back in the day, man, just going home, leaving football practice to go watch Dragon Ball Z on Cartoon Network. And uh, it's just we just get Goku powering up to go Super Saiyan the entire time. Um, But I, in general i was okay with it the when doomsday came out of his like uh they called it a chrysalis perhaps i got them i'm thinking Urukai from lord of the rings <laughs> i mean he even looks like no one.
1: that's i totally agree about i feel like a lot of Zack snyder's characters like villains even the ones we're gonna see they're part of doomsday's family and stuff in justice league look like orcs there you go kind of yeah
2: stuff. yeah he kind of he kind of had Doomsday's design initially was a little bit more like a Lord of the Rings troll.
1: That's I'm He's, I he's like a cave troll at the beginning. Yeah, and cave he gets troll, rockier.
2: but he's but he's coming out of the urukai goo from uh, when they're at uh, Sauruman's lair. So I was like, oh, okay, whatever. Um, some really ridiculous dialogue in in places like I've already mentioned the unkillable at the end when they bury Superman and Martha Martha Kent is like oh, I need somebody to take me back to the house because I forgot my checkbook. And they're like, oh, somebody else paid for the funeral. <laughs> uh, okay, we just really, like, there's no other way that could be a little bit more clever to let the audience know Bruce paid. Bruce picked up the tab. Oh, she forgot a checkbook. Okay, got it. I'll just write that down. And
1: then don't they have a little conversation at the end that sets up Justice League where they're yes. like, uh, we're going to need more soldiers next time. Okay, so... Check this out. I was talking to my brother earlier because he
2: saw my tweet to you last night and he texted me and said, bro, are you watching Batfleck? And I just texted, I talked to him again, uh, or I talked to him for the first time about it earlier. And he goes, he goes, yeah, like in Justice League, Aquaman and all them just kind of show up. This is the first movie where we're introduced to them. And I was like, well, that's not true, at least in this ultimate cut that I just watched, because as we're really ramping up the energy and the pacing of the film to get to final climactic battle, we just take a total sidestep, and we have Diana in her hotel room checking her email, and Bruce has sent her the Metahumans folder from Lex Luthor's mainframe, and she just runs through a couple of YouTube videos where we're introduced to Aquaman, The Flash, Cyborg. And maybe I'm missing one, but I was like, I was not a fan of pausing the movie mid
1: buildup to do some marketing for a different movie,
2: because that's really all that was.
1: And, and then, my favorite part about that is that Lex Luthor has made all the characters logos for them oh god got a cyborg logo and a wonder woman logo and a flash logo
2: on all the files you know that those same high school uh high school football players are watching that going oh bro bro they're nudging each other it's the flash bro he's gonna be in the next movie and i'm like oh my god there's got to be a smarter way to do this what did bruce just was he waiting for superman to show up like he turned on that bat light and then he was like, well, he stood there for 90 seconds. And was like, oh, shit. And he pulls out his phone. Oh, oh, shit. This is still in my drafts. So I better send this to Diana. Because that's when that happens in the movie. She's sitting there watching the lightning bolts fly off of this thing in downtown Metropolis. And she's like, oh, ding, new email. And I'm like, what? Yeah. In the, <laughs> the, in the timing doesn't of all fit us, at all. Get, It doesn't. And that just tells me this was something that might not have been in the theatrical cut. I don't know. But it seems like it's just a, a scene in and of itself just kind of thrown in there into the middle of this sequence. And it seems really off. But yeah, like you said, I mean, at, at the end of the movie, we pause and there, I think we're going to need soldiers. And she she literally turns to him and is like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Why would we need soldiers? And it's like just a feeling. <laughs> oh my God. When he says... Do you bleed? You will. I literally <laughs> lost it. I died laughing. I was like, that is corny as hell.
1: Two questions. Uh, Martha, right. does that scene strike you? That's obviously been something that you've heard of.
2: I wrote it down right here, real <laughs> big. Martha!
1: I assume you've heard that parody many times, even missing the movie and seen the yes. memes. of Even like I- Mothra for like uh, yeah. Godzilla versus have- Kong. and. <laughs>
2: I had no idea what that was referencing and then... Why did you say
1: that, Dave?
2: <laughs> Why did you keep saying that? And I was like, what? That's, that's the cue that makes these two guys realize that they might just be being manipulated by the evil villain here. <laughs> like, nothing... but You're supposed to be... Batman is... Uh, Bruce Wayne's the, the world's greatest detective and Clark Kent is literally a journalist and they never put it together that maybe they're being manipulated and it took that, Martha... Our mom's names were Martha, bro. That was a Bill and Ted moment. If I've ever seen one. All right. You yeah. said you had a second, second question. Uh,
1: what did you think of the, I really like, and I said, I think the best Batman fight scene is in this movie. what did you think of the warehouse scene? That
2: I actually, I'm, I'm, glad, you people.
1: <laughs> I'm glad you
2: brought that up because that was definitely maybe the single strongest point of the movie. I would agree. Um, This was, it felt like it was shot and choreographed in a completely different way by some of the other stuff that happened in the movie. Um, Some real agility out of Bruce Wayne here. Uh, And I'm sure there's a stunt double under that suit or whatever, but there's a lot of pretty cool moves and uh, he really whips some people's asses. Yeah, that's
1: what it looks like the Arkham games only. Like, not, you know, it's not a video game, but it looks like, because uh, Nolan's Batman always had a really lazy fighting style. Sure. It was like, oh, Yeah, uh, he was very uh, def- defensive no and, moving. like, judo. Yeah. And this one's, like, doing flips and, like, slamming people's heads when he does a flip. And, like, oh. obviously the cape is CGI, which is actually, it's something I like. Cape CGI the whole movie. And, it, you know, the cape has character in the comics. Like, it sure. takes on positions a cape would never actually take on. So yeah. it's kind of cool to see the CGI capes kind of, like weird poses that don't make sense but as a comic fan you're like sweet
2: (laughs) i get it yeah yeah i really did like that that scene i thought that um his punishing sort of style and throwing dudes into walls and he was like punching guys fists to have them like knock the gun out of their hand and stuff like that that was pretty cool and i think that the the russian scary Russian guy with the scar face. He got a...
1: beast. I don't think they ever were him that, but that's who he is from the comics.
2: Oh, I didn't. I just thought that was Russian guy. Yeah. Uh, he got a pretty fitting death as uh, he blew up. his. Blew up. When uh, Batman used the gun. <laughs> yeah. Right. That was cool. Um, yeah. That was it. That was a really, really strong scene. I thought the bat jet or bat plane, whatever we want to call that. I thought that was corny as hell, but whatever. I just kept thinking about Batman forever. <laughs> and uh and uh val kilner's batman flying around the riddler's island back in 1995 or whatever and that that i was like i just kept thinking oh he's just making a loop around the bay here and just uh, there's i feel like there's one shot where he kind of tilts the wing and he's kind of like at this angle and he's like looking over and i was like that 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 exact fucking shot is in batman forever i swear to god he like tilts the wing down so he can look out the window (laughs) And I'm like, huh, fascinating. Uh, look, all this being said, this review might come off as pretty negative, but I'm sitting here thinking like, I do be wanting to find out what happens next. I'm not going to lie to you. I think the movie's kind of a mess. I think it's all over the place. I'm pretty confident that had I watched it with my fiance, she would have been like, listen, I'm going to bed. She would not have been <laughs> invested in finding out the outcome, but I didn't have a problem staying awake. I had to walk away and make a fucking peanut butter and jelly sandwich at one point midway through the movie about the time that Scoot McNary's wheelchair is blowing up. But <laughs> I felt I'm like I was the same as you I'm like, yeah, Scoot, my boy, Scoot, Scoot. Uh, man, have you ever seen Halton
1: Catch Fire? Yes. So uh, I actually was supposed to do a, a, a panel this week about it at some Comic-Con but yeah, it got canceled because that yeah it's it's my it's one of my top five favorite shows ever
2: good show man in so fact,
1: i always thought lee pace should play batman oh,
2: lee Pace is when batman. instead
1: said i mean when they went to, when they were casting uh uh pattinson. when they cast robert pattinson and i didn't know they were going that young i'm like lee pace is your batman like yeah he's, super, he's got the business cool. side and the suit where he's kind of be a real jerk and then he's yep. got like the, he has some great speeches in that show about like One of them's about like walking off the edge of a building, but how it's more of an adventurous jump, and you kind of have to do it. And you're like, I see his Batman ideals, and
2: yeah, I just like that. He could absolutely pull it off. Um, So yeah, I I ultimately, it's a what? Excuse me, wild ass ride. But I mean, I'm here. I'm on the train now. So now I'm excited for Justice League. I have no idea what to expect. Off the cliff. god it's gonna be insane and i'm now you know like those initial reviews because today's now sorry to break the fourth wall but today's tuesday and those rotten tomatoes are out and uh some of the initial reviews are rolling in but then i'm starting to see some of the other ones that are like i saw it too and it's longer and there's more of it but it's not necessarily better so i'm trying to not let this influence me
1: wow it's percentage has gone up today since yesterday really on Monday, it was 75%. Now, it's 77%.
2: Fascinating.
1: I think it'll just land around there. Usually, uh, most... But if you look at top critics and not like fanboy sites, it's a yeah. very different picture. Uh-oh. Don't As don't Jonesy the said. Uh, Jonesy was just like, yeah, it's a 75, but uh, <laughs> you got to yeah. compare the top critics to the normal critics. It's a soft 75. But that's the thing. Like I'm kind of closer to the geek. I mean, that, sure. even though I'm not... I love DC, and I've been main reason disappointed with these movies is because I feel like Zack Snyder and David Iyer with Suicide Squad just got the characters wrong. Yeah, like uh, I love Birds of Prey because they fixed Harley Quinn. I mm. find Suicide Squad unwatchable because Harley Quinn is such misinterpreted. Right. So that's what's interesting. I would love to see how much of his fandom is into comics or not, because they're because they're ready to accept that Batman shoots people with guns. That's and, my uh, that's
2: my thing is like this boner for the military hyper-masculine thing. I think, at least in my experience, doesn't necessarily line up with the person who sits in their room and reads books and comics all day. Those two groups, the Venn diagram has some overlap, but I just don't think it's the same group, right?
1: I don't know. Who knows I, these days? I don't know. <laughs> Seems yeah, like everyone. Re- well, and it's also not like... These are like the bros, the art comic people, I would assume, who are into Batman maybe Superman mostly because it is like, it's not, yeah. Star Wars, Marvel, DC, it's geek culture. But when they're the highest grossing movies in the country and world, does that mean just geek culture is mainstream culture? Like, well, yeah, Star Wars, that... you're a nerd for liking Star Wars. Oh wait, everyone in the world saw the last Star Wars movie.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's a great point. I, I actually... I wrote a review for super bad one time, many, many years ago. And I kind of wrote something to that effect where, you know, the people that are nerds now are going to be running the cultural scene in 10 years, because, you know, these are the people who get hired to make the films later on. But I mean, I don't know the opposite might be true too, because I didn't David Ayer say something on Twitter, like, he's a macho man too yeah he said like he's not like he a said, jj
1: or, or he said something. something to
2: the effect like the dc directors could kick all the marvel directors asses and i remember that probably being, right yeah Favreau's probably right not in shape but that's the <laughs> like, point it's like i remember a reading a twig <laughs> i remember like the backlash for that statement was like that's not the fucking point idiot so i don't know <laughs> I I was about
1: to explain it and you came to it first where I was like yeah those are like frat boys making geek movies I think that that's I think that's phase three because first you have um, the Lucases and the Spielbergs making the movies they always wanted to see which bring stuff like science fiction and like horror and stuff back from like an era that was mostly prestige films and then you have people like J.J. Abrams, Kevin Feige, who want to make movies like their heroes who were Steven Spielberg and George Lucas. And now yeah, you, you have. You get a film
2: like super eight. That is literally a Spielberg movie directed by J.J. Abrams.
1: Yeah. I didn't, I didn't like that movie. Did you like yeah. that movie? No, nah. Nah. Uh, that was what stranger things ended up being. What I hoped super eight was. Yeah. Good point. Good point. But uh, yeah, I think you're right. And now there's a group of people who are like, well now it's mainstream. I can direct it never having read a comic or like, you know, I'm the, mu- uh, I'm the frat guy directing the movie. Like the geeks have already done their version of Batman like six times. Like,
2: yeah. Now let, let <laughs> real man make it. Yeah. So what do we want to do for justice league? Cause I'm seeing a lot of stuff on Slack rolling around about the LRM team doing this, doing that and whatever. So what are you, what are your thoughts? What
0: do you want to do?
1: Um, it's two options really. Well, there are three options. I was almost thinking we could continue this into Kyle's podcast if you're going to have it all watched. I'm going to try to have it all watched by the time. On Thursday, everyone, we're recording a spoiler-filled discussion. It won't be like El Catino, where we'll be uh, doing podcasts that are longer than the movie. I think we did an eight-hour podcast on The Last Skywalker. It won't be that in-depth, but we'll have three to four of us talking about it. Uh, do you want to be on that too?
2: I, I are you well, planning uh, on
1: it? I'll, I'll, I could be in. We'll, we'll take a look. It really depends to me how much of it I can fucking sit through. That's on, me too in one sitting, or even and, Thursday afternoon.
2: And knowing that I'm going to be hungover from St. Patrick's Day,
1: mm. can't
2: make I can't make plans for Thursday, bro. That's true. <laughs> it's a black hole for me. I can't see that far.
1: So, and if not, I'm sure you'd be welcome on Breaking Geek. I think we're our plans are so much in flux. I think we're gonna record Friday at our normal time instead of Thursday. And then uh I think Jonesy and I are playing and having it all done. We don't know about Danny, but the minimum requirement from that is like the first four chapters. I think Jammer's gonna try to watch the first four chapters because I think the first four are the same length as the final two. God. Cause I think it's all I think the final two are just gonna be like ears hour or two hours of action (laughs) all the setup is
2: done thrilling thrilling can't wait all right thanks nick i appreciate you uh jumping on with me and uh letting me get my thoughts out there about batman versus superman the ultimate
1: edition thank you for joining me on this well thanks for the idea and being on a very special episode of breaking geek radio the podcast uh where can people reach out to you
2: i am most active on twitter.com you can find me at coots brandon where i talk not only about uh, geek stuff, but also a lot of sports talk and
1: uh, just random observations.
2: See you out there on the internet.
1: He's our Zack Snyder at Breaking. Geek. <laughs> 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 just kidding. I do see all your sports stuff and don't understand it. <laughs>
2: That's fine.
1: And then um, I'm at Geeky Nick Doll. And if, hey, if you have a podcast idea for me and Coots, just tag us both, and we'll probably end up doing it. Which is, yeah, this just came together pretty quick. Coots Why not? Twittered me, and I was like, let's do it. Um, let's go and with that uh i guess we'll see you once we've all seen on you the audience once we've all seen uh zach snyder's justice league a film by Zack snyder directed by Zack snyder <laughs> with that, financed by warner brothers for the second time yeah god yeah well we'll really talk about the post-mortem on that a lot too and what happens